What's up, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Relax, We're All Gonna Die. I'm Jackie Dutton, here for another magical mind dump of downloaded wisdom, and thank you so much for listening. So, how has everyone been feeling? We are moving into the final stages of this COVID shit, and it feels like there's some kind of light at the end of the tunnel. Most of my family is vaccinated now, so traveling is still a pain in the ass because of TSA, but it's definitely becoming easier and there's more flights. People are chilling out and calming down a little bit, and warmer weather is finally upon us. I'm just really grateful for the switch of warmer clothes laundry instead of winter clothes laundry because the sweatshirts take up way too much room in the washer. This is a real housewife problem. Anyway. I hope you all are doing well and emerging from the pandemic like the cicadas that are about to come for me on the East Coast and everyone. I have to talk about this quickly before we really get into everything today, but um, yeah, so the cicadas are this crazy-ass flying bug that only emerges to mate and then die every 17 years. Growing up in California, I barely encountered mosquitoes, and unfortunately, hardly any bees as of late, which is sad, like, save the bees. But I moved to Alabama to go to college, and there was definitely more bugs, but it wasn't terrible from what I remember. I did get bit by these bugs called chiggers one time, and and chiggers are like, if Satan fucked a mosquito, and they had literally a spawn of Satan. They're these awful red bugs, and I was told at the time, and and I looked this up since, and this is not true, I was told that when they bite you, they burrow into your skin, and that's what's causing the itching, and that in order to stop the itch and to stop the bite, you have to, the quote was to suffocate them by painting over the bite with nail polish. Southerners believe a variety of wonderful things. This is one of them. So at the time that I was bit by chiggers, I was packing and getting ready to go back home for the summer. So the only nail polish that I had available was bright red. Chiggers prefer creases and like folds of your skin or like warmer places. So like the backs of your knees or, you know, that lovely spot where your butt cheek meets your thigh. So that was where I was covered in fucking nail polish, trying to, quote, suffocate this chigger bite. It was, I looked like some kind of strange leopard with red paint all over me. I don't know. It was weird. Whatever. It kind of worked. But then later I read it worked because it just stung like shit. I don't know. It hurt worse than anything else. (laughs) Yeah, so... Anyway, I do remember there being cicadas in Alabama, but only because I remembered the noise that they make. They're just really loud. So, aside from the fact that they were loud, and it's this high-frequency, like, zing noise, it's kind of deafening at night, but I don't recall being a resident anywhere during this 17-year cycle, this freaking apocalypse type thing. So I have been warned by people here that it is absolutely apocalyptic, like Passover-style, locust-looking, just absolute swarm 
of these half grasshopper, half dragonfly, static noise freak of a bug, and that they are everywhere. I watched a video, if you type in, like, Planet Earth Cicadas, David Attenborough narrates this whole thing of, like, them coming out, and it takes, like, over a month for the majority of it to go away. I only get to be outside so often here. Like, I'm, anyway, spiraling, straight spiraling over this. And then apparently, it gets so bad that even the copperhead snakes venture a little further away from water than normal to go snack on these cicada bugs. Copperhead snakes. Okay, I feel like that scene in Anchorman where the guys are all bitching about a female anchor and Steve Carell's like, I hear bears are attracted to their menstruation. And someone's like, see what they did? Bears. So, yeah, see what you did, cicadas? Snakes. (sighs) But... I mean, I guess most of us would have some apocalyptic shit go down if we only got laid every 17 years. Can you imagine the bars if there was just one night every 17 years single people went out to meet someone? (laughs) It would be disgusting. (laughs) Anyway. So to get into the real topic of today's episode, I want to start with my ultra-personal feminist slogan for life, and that is, don't be a dumb bitch. Boom. Harsh. Okay. Let me back up a little bit and explain what I mean. Okay, so back when people were able to go to bars, I actually worked in one. I worked in three, but that's just splitting hairs. And one of the places I worked would occasionally have dating mixers. So right off the bat, this was kind of a painful shift because you never knew how many or more likely how few people would show up. So it was kind of a precarious situation for my tip jar. But I would work these events and I started to figure out that I could probably guess why someone was single just by the way they ordered their drink. For instance, if they started out by asking me what kind of IPAs I had, and then they ended up ordering a mojito, I'd think, okay, you literally have no clue what you're doing, let alone what you want. If the girls stood around and just waited for a guy to buy her a drink instead of buying herself one first, well, we obviously know what's happening there. And if a guy ordered some overly high-maintenance scotch, but he was obviously under 25, I would pretty much decide he's a douchebag. And if anyone, at all, of any age, ordered a vodka neat, I knew that they were underage or absolutely an alcoholic. I know this sounds really judgy, but when you work with a substance that can impair people, sometimes you have to be the one making the judgment calls about whether or not they should have what they're having. So it's kind of an occupational hazard to let it just bleed into the other drink orders and your other interactions. But these dating mixers were a prime combination of people watching mixed with the drink order judgment thing. To top it off, it was usually quiet enough to hear what they were saying to each other. And usually it was boring, it was small talk, and it was also boring because you could tell that the women didn't really want to be there, and the men had no idea how to talk to the women. But there was one interaction that stands out in my mind. It was absolutely seared in my memory. So I'm going to share it with you guys. This guy in his mid-twenties walks up and orders something really simple, a beer. 
a girl of a similar age walks up and she orders something simple as well. I can't remember if the guy paid for her drink or not, but they got they got there at the same time, basically. That's what that establishes in my memory. Um, I don't think he paid for it, but it wasn't important. So the guy starts trying to talk to this girl, and he's very nice. He is respectful. He isn't pushy in any way. He's calm and casual. He's His body is even facing the bar. It's not really even directly turned towards her. He just kind of you know, turns his face towards her and he's just making very small, casual conversation. And then, kind of abruptly, this girl just straight up asks him, so what do you do? Right away, this is kind of a dick move because they hadn't been talking about work in any way or, like, they hadn't talked about her job. I hadn't heard anybody talk about an occupation at all. And I, I just feel like it's a dick move because it's kind of like asking, so how big is your money penis? But anyway, so this guy answers and he says, I'm an engineer. And she just says, oh, that's cool. And then she asks, where do you work? So this guy responds because he's clearly then becomes kind of proud of where he works. And he says, SpaceX. So she seemed sort of interested in this guy up until this point, and she definitely didn't seem creeped out. So then she gave some very small response back, like, oh, cool. And then she went back to her drink. So when he saw that she wasn't completely running away, but then she didn't clearly know what else to say, he tried to continue the conversation by asking, and he asked her, oh, so you've heard of us, meaning you've heard of SpaceX. And this woman straight up looks at him. (laughs) She looks up from her drink and she just flatly says, no. She doesn't ask any further about what it is. I mean, fuck the whole fact that they're the privatized version of NASA, let alone that they're run by one of the most innovative billionaires who, depending on the price of Tesla's stock, is battling Bezos for the wealthiest man alive, or that the guy she was talking to has to be a pretty technical dude who's decent at his job to make sure that his contributions at work don't cause a rocket to blow to bits. But yeah, 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 just fuck all that. No. He doesn't work for one of the real idiots of the Bravo network, so no nice engineer dude at the singles mixer. Sorry, she has never heard of SpaceX. I know this is harsh, but... You know, and I know that men have their own flaws, to be completely fair and honest, and most of them are scumbags, but we'll get to their episode later. But ladies, ladies, single ladies, over 25, I am not being demeaning by telling you to pull your head out of a large Kardashian ass if you've been up one and start paying attention to something other people, like men, enjoy, particularly if you would like someone to be your legally bound roommate the rest of your life. I'm not doling out dating advice, because my husband and I met before Uber existed, let alone Tinder, but I am handing out free life advice, free spend the rest of your life with another person advice, free we're all gonna die advice. Life is too short to be delusionally convinced that you will find someone who you never have some dissonance with. 
For the lady who didn't know what SpaceX was, dissonance is how you describe when two keys on the piano right next to each other are played at the same time. It sounds like shit, because it clashes. They aren't in accord together. Essentially, they are in musical disagreement or not in harmony. The only person you will find who always agrees with you for the rest of your life is you. The only person who will only ever do exactly what you want to do is you. And you're going to spend the rest of your life with just you, if that's the kind of person you're looking for. I don't know if it's the Instagram algorithm that continues to only show people the things they hit the like button on, but every single person has that same algorithm showing them only the same things they hit the like button on. And some of those things might be similar for someone else to what you have liked. They may even be the same thing. But unless they are stalking you, they aren't following and liking every single thing you do. So what does this mean? It means that you're going to have to branch out of your comfort zone. I can tell you over the last almost full decade I have spent with my husband, I have seen more fucking sci-fi than I have ever thought I would watch. Ever. In my life. Dune is a terrible movie. We spent part of our honeymoon at a scientific research facility in Switzerland. What was the compromise after the six-hour nerd tour? I wanted croissants and macaroons and fondue. Because when in the French side of Switzerland, I would say Rome, but we didn't go to Rome and I didn't eat any pasta. Look, a selfishly myopic society has convinced people that they're never going to have to compromise when they meet someone they love. Or that love is just this magical thing and you will never wind up doing anything with that person that you don't want to do. Well, Instagram versus reality, for real. That's, this is the real tea. Instagram is the wedding photos, but reality is how long you took to propose. Reality is saving money and working an extra job to be able to buy the house. Instagram is the house. So when I watched this vodka soda chick look up this guy and just flatly go, no, because she hadn't heard of SpaceX, my heart broke a little. And not for the guy at all. I mean, the guy will just go talk to somebody else. But it broke for my gender. I wanted to reach across the bar and take her drink away and tell her to go watch the news or read something other than the celebrity bullshit on the e-network. I understand being obsessed with a particular topic and letting it consume you and then you use it to build a life around yourself and hopefully a career, but to have no idea about fuck all else about the world around you, it not only narrows your life view, but it severely limits the pool of people who'd actually want to converse with you for an extended period of time. I don't believe that you need to have a ton of things in common, really. I'm not a physicist, and my husband sure as shit isn't a college-educated pirate with a podcast, and we get along just fine. But if you are looking for someone that isn't a carbon copy of yourself, you need to make the effort to learn a little bit about something they'd like. I'd say this also works both ways for men as well. If you are willing to sit through a few hours of stupidity watching The Bachelorette or Real Housewives or whatever show the girls are enjoying at this particular moment, you will be able to talk to almost any woman you want. Just warning you, though, 
My husband sat down and watched about 20 minutes of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills with me last season, and on a commercial, he looked at me and said, Babe, I'm pretty sure shows like this are partly why a woman has never been elected president, and honestly, I don't know if he was wrong. I remember him asking me a long time ago, before I stopped watching it around him and turned it into like a me time thing, he asked me why I like those shows. And... It's a mix of escapism and gossipy drama of no consequence, and, you know, that's generally the excuse I gave him. But in thinking about it, it's also a social thing to keep up with, because other people have seen it, and it's it's a conversation point. It's something you're able to talk to other people about. So, ladies, if you'd like to be able to talk with a lot of guys about something, find a social group conversation topic that they're discussing. And gentlemen, same goes for you with the things women enjoy. Ask women about their skincare routine or their makeup process, and they are not going to shut the fuck up. But this is what I mean. Make the effort to learn a little bit about what they love, and you will be rewarded tenfold. Ask about things they think about. Because brains are the new tits, ladies and gentlemen. Brains are the new tits. I'd love to say that Brain's the new dick, but I don't think that's true. I think it's actually, like, talent for some people now because of, like, TikTok. But before that, it was definitely money. and I don't know. But anyway, Brain's the new tits. So how do I put this harsh message into a relax, we're all gonna die kind of way? Because that's what we're here for, right? Well, because we are all gonna die. But hopefully we don't die alone. And I can assure you that unless you're cool with that, you're going to want to buck up and find someone that you enjoy most of the time. Notice I said most of the time, because nobody in reality expects you to be 100% obsessed with your person 24-7. That's nice, but that's more of that show You with Penn Badgley, where he's like the stalker guy, than it actually is real life. I had a friend who got married before me, and I asked him how it was, and he said the most accurate thing I've ever heard about marriage, and this is what he said. He said, some days, it's the most incredible thing ever. You're like, oh my god, I can't believe I married my best friend. This is wonderful. You're amazing. I love you. And sometimes, it's like, just shut up. It's true, and it's normal, but lately I've noticed this really shitty trend where people fall into these moments of boredom or the just shut up, and then they get like ADD of the dick or something. It's like, calm down. It's a bad day, not a bad life. She'll get her lashes done. He'll stop drinking soda and lose 15 pounds in four days. You'll go out for a night together and remember why you fell in love. It will be fine. But this scrolling for dopamine life has convinced some people that at the slightest inconvenience, you can just go find another hit somewhere else and not bother working through it. Dude, that isn't it. Also, dating isn't like following Instagram accounts, or at least it shouldn't be like that. I've had friends tell me that while they're on a date with someone, they can tell that the person they're on a date with is talking to at least five people. Like, When did trying to find the love of your life turn into some kind of sick influencer sales tactic? 
it's a fucking swipe up of dating. All of the sudden, someone feels like they're competing with the other people, but they have no idea who they're up against, which is fucked up. And it shouldn't feel like that. But you know how you become the person that doesn't have to compete with anyone? By not even entertaining that shit. By realizing that brains are the new tits. By realizing you are smarter than that attention addict mindset. I saw this post on Instagram yesterday that said, Dating to marry, quote, allows you to put up with bullshit because you visualized a future and aren't focused on the now. And it went on to say, this I found ridiculous, quote, date to be happy, and if happiness turns into marriage, you getting exactly what you wanted, end quote. Okay, first of all, it's you are, not just you getting. Second of all, this kind of advice is like saying you should eat cake every day because food that's good for you sucks. Please don't get me wrong, I don't think unhealthy relationships are happiness, but I think that a lot of people confuse the exciting feeling of toxic relationships with something that makes them happy. And third, dating to marry allows you to put up with bullshit? What do you think being married to someone is? Yeah. Okay, granted, it's not learning to put up with bad things, no, and you shouldn't have been doing that while you were dating. But it is for sure learning to live with another person and love them despite their weird things. Their little idiosyncrasies, hormonal moments, their bad days, their good days, whatever. Life is bullshit. And if you want to do life with someone, you need to find someone who puts up with that bullshit with you. So yeah, terrible advice, Instagram meme. Erroneous. Erroneous on all accounts. I don't want to be misconstrued into making someone think that they need to be like fucking Hermione Granger know-it-all walking encyclopedia to have a successful dating life. No, I don't think you need to be wildly intelligent. I just think you need to be curious. Talk to people. Talk to lots of people. This is also how I think we cure a lot of shitty social things right now. Like, hating people different from us because too many people have shut down and written others off because they voted for someone different or believe one way or another about the vaccine and all that. That just needs to stop right now. But if you have friends who are struggling in the dating department, I encourage you to help them be able to casually talk to other people. Just talk. Have a normal conversation, not with an end game or a goal in mind. Just talk. Most people are kind. Most people feel just as awkward about a random conversation at first as you do. I rarely meet people who can just start talking to strangers, but those people are very interesting, aren't they? They're enigmatic and they're fun and you feel good when you're around them because they make you feel comfortable instantly. And here's why. Because they're willing to entertain any subject. They don't shy away from a differing opinion. They want to listen to something they don't know about. If they didn't know what SpaceX was or where you worked, they would ask. And they just want to hear your perspective on the world. Because they already know their own. I moved from California to Alabama when I was 18 to go to college. Roll Tide. Yes, we do say that a lot, the way that Hawaiians say aloha. You can just kind of use it for everything. It's like hot sauce. Anyway. If I had a dollar for every time someone asked me, so why'd you leave California to go to Alabama? I could have paid for my books. 
even people in Alabama were blown away that I would do that. And aside from many reasons, one of the biggest was that I was just curious. I wanted to understand Southern people. And the only way you can really do that is if you live there and you immerse yourself in their life and their culture, eat their food, see what they laugh at, fall in love with things they love. I've seen a lot of people questioning and refusing to understand how someone could possibly think the way that they think about certain topics. Well, you'd have to live their life and walk in their shoes to understand. And if you can't do that, the next best thing would be to just ask them about their life. Ask them about the experiences that have shaped them and curated those thoughts and beliefs. It's funny, usually by asking them about those things, you can usually get them to see how that belief was formed, which helps them soften a little. In spiritual communities, we'd call that shadow work or inner healing or working on yourself, and I'd say that it's a form of brains being the new tits as well, being able to be smart enough to work on yourself, to learn how you were shaped to form certain beliefs that may or may not be true is some of the hardest things you will ever learn about yourself or another person. Because you are you, right? Like, you think you know you, but when you start examining why you believe certain things, where those thoughts come from, and altering some of those core thoughts and beliefs for the better, I think you start opening yourself up to better and more wonderful ideas and possibilities. It breeds a new level of understanding, not just for yourself, but for other people. And when you carry this over into meeting and conversing with other people, I think the ripple effect you leave on their lives can carry on in a positive way for the rest of their lives if you do it with the simple intention of just understanding. In the relax, we're all gonna die kind of way, I truly hope we all learn to relax our judgments, our predispositions and ingrained beliefs to realize that we all die, literally, like none of us are getting out of this experience alive. And it's regardless of what religion or political beliefs or diets or how we dress or where we live or how much money we have, none of that will matter when we are all tits up. You know that expression, you can't take it with you when you die? Well, I believe that one of the only things you do take with you when you die is your level of understanding, the experiences that you had in this human life and the love that you cultivated. So live with the intention to grow and to understand, look for the humor in the darkest of places, and be gentle with the people who aren't as far along as you've come. They're here to learn just like you. And who knows, maybe their lack of learning is actually your lesson. Alright guys, that's all I have for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to Relax, We're All Gonna Die. I'm Jackie Dutton. If you like this podcast, please hit the follow button and maybe tell a friend. And if you share on social media, please tag me on Instagram at relaxweareallgonnadie. Thanks again for listening, and I will catch you guys in the next one.